was really a, a different experience. This is the first time that we went to this peace march, peace walk. Um, as a group, there were uh, 12 of us. We did not go as a platform for progress because there is no place for politics. There should be no place for politics. And so we went to to the Peace Walk as a group of citizens. And uh, it was uh, beautiful weather. The first day was uh, light rain. Nothing major like 2018 or especially 2019 and when it was pouring rain for the whole time and uh, the rivers of mud were flowing down the mountain, making the walk really, really hard. So this time it was a little bit refreshing, so you get used to the rain, but it was really very light. Second day was um, overcast, but no rain. And third day was sunny, but not too hot, not too humid. Almost perfect weather. Um, as usual, the first day was the, the, the easiest, and it's good because it's a preparation for the other two days. The second day was much harder because of the second half of the walk going up the steep mountain and third day uh, was and usually is the toughest because the second half you go over um, six, seven large hills going up and down crossing the creek, 11 creeks and then once you're done with that, with those creeks, <laughs> uh, it, it's straight up. Uh, and that's when you're the most tired. Uh, that last segment is, is unbelievable. Um, to me, it's always the hardest. And then you forget all of that when you arrive at Potocari, Potocari near the uh, Really, you walk the edge of the memorial center where 6,000 plus graves uh, lie and uh, where the mass funeral actually takes place the day after. And that silence overwhelms you. Everybody just gets quiet um, spontaneously. You're just walking past the rows and rows of graves and the streets were lined or lined up with um, survivors or um, mothers of those who perished sisters um, they all look at you in complete silence they are grateful that you took the time to walk and think about everything they went through, especially these times when there are so many genocide deniers. Uh, they often put their uh, 
handle their heart, uh, they nod a little bit, or uh, they bow a little bit just to show their appreciation. And that's even tough, toughest, and I always say that because uh, what we are trying to do is honor their sacrifice, and what they are doing is they are grateful to you in, in return. And it is really tough. The, the whole the walk was also uh, different than others, and it always is different. You, sometimes you see the same people, you see the same people, same people walking, uh, same people, not all clearly, but some of them uh, familiar to us, um, people who live there and line the pathways, the walk, the pathways where we go through, or the trails that we walk through. Or um, on and um, their hospitality is unbelievable. They they bring everything from their houses: the coffee and cookies and tea and food and um, their smiles and uh, gratitude. It's unbelievable. They offer their bathrooms and everything they have at home, so that you can sit down and rest a little bit. I talked to a person who was born during the uh, the March of Death, as they called the original one, when they were trying to escape. I talked to somebody who told me about the, the relative, the lady, who uh, one day during that period, uh, one day lost uh, husband. Uh, the next day lost a brother, and the third day he gave birth to her child. And then all of them in three days. Um, we had a lot of conversations among ourselves as a group with other walkers. A lot of people recognized us. The, 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 the level of recognition was much greater than what used to be in the past. A lot of pictures taken with people, a lot of conversations about the politics, uh, the genocide in the context of today's politics and uh, the future of the country. and. Uh, it was revealing in many sense, in many ways. We also had a chance to, as a group, uh, find places where we spent the night uh, together. And um, we had um, so many conversations at night about what we experienced that day and people we talked to and emotions we had and how we reacted to all of that. The, the day after, on the 11th, was the funeral, and prior to that, there is um, some kind of uh, event where all the dignitaries talk about the past and what happened, and with all the promises that they will never happen again, and all of that is taking place in the, in the, 
the battery factory, a factory of uh, car batteries or whatever you call it. We call it accumulator batteries. And uh, you know that how many horrible things happened in that space and now all of these politicians talking about things that uh, they talk about uh, the responsibility of all of us so it doesn't happen again and you listen to them but you cannot listen to them because you know it's it's an empty it's empty talk the, the country is in a bad situation now and they are not doing what needs to happen what needs to be done now in order to prevent anything similar to what happened in 1995 yeah they are talking about the past as if they are now of the right mind and they're going to help and they're not doing it. Luckily, the lady from the Netherlands uh, apologized on behalf of the country, administration of the country, to the people of Srebrenica and Bosnia-Herzegovina for their participation in the in the uh, international forces that were supposed to protect the people of Srebrenica but did nothing. So that was the first time that somebody actually said, oh, we apologize. And that was so um, refreshing. Um, this, the funeral itself was marked with all these politicians who showed up just to be seen. They come with these uh, official limousines and, um, with the uh, police guiding their way to the place, to the memorial center, past all the other people who are trying to get in. They are the first one, the first row of uh, the... Um, procession and events so the funeral itself cameras are there they give uh, statements they make statements to the press and then they leave again under the protection of the police with the rotating lights and clearing the way so that they can leave right away started about like 12 30 this event was 10 30 in the uh, factory of the batteries or battery factory and um, everything was uh, it was done about 12 15 12 30 all the everything started it's happening well in earnest it started at one o'clock i believe we all came and we were given the uh, flowers to lay down in the honor of those who perished. Then there was a, a prayer, and after the prayer, there was a funeral. And everything is done by 2, 2.15, 2.30, and politicians leave first, of course. But it's very hard to leave the place because there are no many ways out of that place, no many roadways. And um, politicians leave right away, but for us, we had to wait until 7 p.m. until 6 p.m. when it gets cleared so that we can actually leave. They, call, they, call, they, they came back home on uh, that Monday night. 
Um, and it is, uh, uh, really hard even to think about and process everything you, you go through. It is, whatever you say, it's inadequate. Whatever you think, it's inadequate compared to the horrible events that happened. And you think about it, you talk about it, you go through this physical exercise that's not easy, but nothing compared to what they went through. They tell you about um, the horrors of that path, and you hear it for the fourth time, always a different new details here, and you cannot just comprehend um, how it could have happened. And then you come back and on Facebook now, because of the prevalence of social media, you now read of many, uh, you read many accounts of the people who went through and what they went through those days. Uh, something that you will never read in history books. Don't even get told, even through many books that were written about this thing, about this, no, this thing, this, um, this story. This genocide and horrific events. That just not just genocide that happened around uh, in July of '95, but the whole campaign against uh, Bosniaks in in Bosnia Herzegovina. And um, it's these accounts of individuals are so moving, so touching, and cannot we fathom what those. People had to experience and still find the strength to live afterwards. Um, again, talk to the person who um, carried his um, mm -hmm. wounded brother for two or three days, for two days, and then when the brother passed. Um, the way he continued carrying him just to bury him in the free territory. And then you come back home and life has to be as usual and it's, it's never reads and it never can be. But the, the toughest thing is really looking at the faces of the mothers who are still waiting to hear about the remains of their loved ones and how gentle their faces are and soft their eyes are and those tears so genuine and It is really hard to look at them, knowing that the country did very little, the world did very little to protect them, to protect their loved ones, and knowing in under what conditions or in what conditions they live now. It's uh, unbelievable. It's unbelievable that, it, that this the criminal mafia-style politics can be so insensitive and cruel towards 
the citizens of the country. And then after all that happened, when people vote, vote still for those who make their lives even more miserable every day. I mean, it's unreal. It gives you additional impetus, additional will to keep doing what you're doing, to stay on the path you, you selected. And we, we talk about ourselves, a platform for progress and this political battle, knowing that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's an uphill battle because certain ways of doing things in political sense have been so established that to them it is hard to imagine that there could be an honest politician who could possibly care about them and for them. And yet you have to do this uh, with, when we know we don't have their infrastructure, their organizational infrastructure, and we don't have their means, the money they have, access to the media. And yet, we fight. Um, and those people then even there to, on the one hand, steal your ideas, and the other, make fun of you for really being so naive. And it's just an unbelievable warped world. <laughs> you cannot imagine a movie that could be so strange as our lives here are. So as soon as we got back, we started organizing Zoom meetings with our candidates. We still have not heard from the Central Election Commission. In terms of our lists of candidates, because they check everything and then they give you five days to correct any insufficient documentation and such. And so we are waiting for that. In the meantime, not to just wait, we are talking to the candidates we believe will be the candidates, uh, organizing our uh, the main election uh, headquarters for the whole coalition and then for each county um, in each election uh, region, unit, whatever you call it. Um, What's ahead of us is thinking about the how to get ready for the election and how to uh, organize our candidates, how to help them, how to educate, how to find the money for the for the campaign, how to uh, get them to help each other how to find the people who will participate in the uh, workings of the um, election uh, boards, local or at every level, the uh, observers, whether we have to find, we have to find the money to pay the observers. If you, if you are on the election committee or board or whatever it's called, then you get paid. 
a certain amount of money, 50km, let's say 25, $30 or so. I, I think it's 50km or maybe it's 100km, but for the observers you have to pay them and you, you have to find observers, you have the right to have them observe the workings of the deliberations and the, the work of each of the election committee. But then you have to pay for them. You have to pay them. And we obviously try to find volunteers, but it uh, doesn't happen always. And so that's it. What's ahead of us is really just um, having a campaign without a campaign, because the official campaign can only be official campaigning can happen only in September. Uh, in terms of paying for any services rendered toward your uh, election campaign strategy activities. You cannot now call people to vote for you, but you can certainly um, present yourself, you can talk about your programs and so on. Um, that's really it. it trying to get back into the reality of everyday political life. Um, it is getting increasingly tougher because there are two formidable opponents, one the nationalist, the other one so-called opposition that is trying to convince everybody that they are the real change, even though all of them have been in politics 25. 30 years and did almost nothing to make any change and now they're presenting themselves as a real change but they have the money they have the infrastructure they have the media and in the end if you repeat the lie a hundred times people will start believing that that's the truth so that's really it well each year we talk after you do the march you can tell, I mean, you're visibly touched each year. And it, as you said, it seems like each year is a little different. Can you explain what, what it is about the experience? It's like, this is not a one and done experience, obviously. It's one, it, you, you're impacted and touched each time that you do it, but in a different way sometimes. Yeah, this was my fourth time. I talked to people who uh, did this piece walk 14 times. This is 14 times. From the some of them from the very beginning, some of them the first time after the uh, the march of death <laughs> uh, because they couldn't do it earlier. And I s promised to myself, and I said that to people, I will be doing this as long as I can, physically. But every time I get surprised with the effect that the faces of those mothers have on, on me and on people around us. The grace with which they suffer and deal with the suffering is, un is, is unbelievable. And 
I know how they actually do it, knowing about knowing what happened and living in the conditions that remind them today of the days when it was happening because the situation is so volatile now, so filled with hatred again toward them, of the people around them, because that part is in Republika Srpska, the entity Republika Srpska, where people deny that it actually happened. They don't have almost basic rights there, and they are living in their own country. And it is those people who make it different every time, because you expect at some point that their hearts will harden and they will be filled with desire for revenge and nothing. They don't talk about it at all. They just want for their loved ones, the remains of their loved ones, to be found, to be buried so that they can so that they can then die. And you just cannot and never are. You cannot get ready for it. You cannot understand it. Um, and now they announced that the day after the mass funeral, they will uh, exhumate, or whatever the right term is, exactly. 80 or so of the um, uh, graves or remains from the grave, because they found additional pieces. Sometimes it's a piece of the finger, sometimes it's part of the leg, part of the arm, and they always ask the relatives whether they would like, whether they want to do, and uh, most of them want that to be as complete as possible. And so they um, get them out, put the bones in, and then bury them again. Of course, it's done in an orderly fashion. It doesn't happen every day. It happens um, in certain intervals. But <laughs> that process again, it's it's unbelievable. You, it never it's never done. You know, you get a call and say, "Hey, we found three bones. What kind of bones? So from this part of the body." You cannot. I mean, their lives clearly marked and defined by what happened. But it's not just by what happened then, but every single day after that, you wait for the news for them to have found a little bit more, or a little, or more pieces. So it is, it's not the past, it's the presence, present. Uh, Every day, you know, sometimes you lose a loved loved one, and it's in certain at certain time point. Uh, there's a funeral. There's never closure because, it, of course, the love lives forever. But time somehow does something and allows you to at least reclaim part of your life, what remains for you on this earth. But for these people. There is no such a thing. It's a con 30 years after, it's a, or 27, it's a constant 
battle, constant thought, constant concern. It is their life. It's not about food, it's not about uh, sleeping, it's not about clothes, it's not material gains, but it's about what will they find next, when will they ever be complete. And then stories about mothers who were old enough to they pass away before they even hear anything about their lovers, sons, husbands. And you know, we're not, we're not talking about one person. We're talking about a whole family. Six, seven sons, husbands, brother, father, disappearing, being killed. I read about, uh, well, uh, today what I read about was uh, a serum from Baniluka, who is, who is a person who is after the truth, who, who um, asked his countrymen to accept the fact that someone, some among them committed that, and that we need that recognition in order to move on. But for, uh, he also talked about, and he also often talks about Bosniaks and genocide, and, and he pays respect to, to really um, survivors. But today he talked about a specific case that something, a different thing happened in, in the town of Konitz, which is in Herzegovina, beginning of Herzegovina when he go to Bosnia, where it was the other way around, where it was... Uh, um, Bosniaks actually, who came to pick up a Serb family in the city in 2 a.m. in the night, uh, husband, wife, and two kids, seven and five years old, and took them to um, outside of the city and and shot them on the side of, on the, side of the road. And the seven-year-old survived. They missed it some. And the seven-year-old then got up in the darkness and saw the lights of the car and he thought, well, these are the policemen. They have to hear what happened to my family. They'll protect me. He goes to them. There was a different car and they said, who are you? And he provided their, his name. So they took him to the same people who killed the rest of the family. And they shot him second time and killed. Um, there are many guilty, there are many guilty people in this, in this war. Horrible things happen on all sides. However, it is not true that that's the, to the same extent. It's clear that it was uh, uh, genocide against the Bosniaks. And they suffered by far the most. 
but it is also truth, and we need to be reminded of that, that atrocities were happening on all sides. And uh, all of that has to be recognized and dealt with if we want to go through any kind of reconciliation. We have to accept your responsibility, admit it, and accept your responsibility, and then we can sit down and talk and say, okay, is there a way out of this? And what makes it really hard for this country is the, the people who uh, The, the politicians of the neighboring countries, Serbia and Croatia, who are stirring the pot even more so now than before. Not going back all the way to the wartime because they were the ones who brought it here. But now they're coming back to the same position. They are really talking about chauvinists and fascists. And In this time and age, that it can be happening uh, again, just 27, 25, 6, 7 years later, it's, it's unbelievable. In this Europe, and all of it at the same time as when Putin is, or Russia is invading another country, Ukraine, in, in Europe. It's amazing that we as a world are in this state, and we are, and it's not a good state. Wherever you look, there is something that's not human, really, not what we expect of humans in the 21st century with this stage of advancement of technology and human rights. And the definition of human rights is so questionable to me today. I know we talk about it all the time, but I'm, I'm not sure we, we are really honest when we talk about equal rights, human rights, and to tell you the truth, even about democracy, when we talk about it, we use it for something else. Well, and I know I ask you this every year, and I'm going to ask again. I mean, it seems like every year you do the March of Peace, you come back even more driven. I don't know how you can be more driven, but it seems as if you're more driven to do what it is that you're doing after this experience, talking to the people, just your personal experiences as, as you do the march each year. Yes, I am, uh, even with, even at this age, uh, when you think you've seen everything and, and you know a lot, you get a lesson <laughs> of, of everything people are capable of doing and you get surprised every time. And then you see 
those faces of those mothers and you say there's hope for decency and humanity. And that simply tells you what you should be doing. Even when you are questioning yourself and you say, is this the best path? Is this the right path? Will this um, produce the result that we are hoping? Do we need to get along with or, or join forces with others who are more pragmatic and at least we get to the, to the to share power a little bit and try to change and modify them then, or at least get a little piece of uh, function of the country and try to make them better. But then I say, no, that's all now, but my, I am of the mind that, no, there's no compromise. It has to be done the right way, and we have the the goal, the path, the principles. We have to stick to them, no matter how long it takes, because in the end, compromise of values will give you the right value in the end. The right values in the end will not give the right results, and we don't need to be participating in creating a society where there are just a little bit fewer crooks. We need to be aiming for a society where the crooks are where they should be, in jail or in places where they suffer for their consequences. And those who can and know how to and have the personal integrity are given a chance to change the country. And so this simply because that, just the word compromise, I know when there are people who want good, but they are offering different pathways to that better place, then compromise is justified. But when you're dealing with evil, there is really no compromise because you bring a little evil within your own ranks, it's going to overwhelm everything. Because it's going to show that there are no values, no principles, nothing to fight for. And this peace walk, peace march, every year just recalibrates you back to the core values and All of it just somehow increases your level of commitment 